Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another world, another life. Driftwood the Musical, based on the best-selling memoir, tells the incredible true story of one family's miraculous escape from Nazi Germany. Critics describe it as mesmerising, sublime and stunningly crafted. Our world premiere season sold out. Don't miss out. Book tickets now for the May and June seasons at driftwiththemusical.com.au In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded. Now, I want that as my alarm to wake up every morning because I'm pretty G'd up in this studio right now. We will be employing you for the website creation. That was very good. If that I was a have slay a introduction. I would just take that and send it straight to you. Hello, hello. Ooh, I loved it. And my partner, Samantha yeah, Andrew, the partner. I'm like, so true though. Yeah. You're listening to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. My name's Justin and I'm so happy to have you here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to our exclusive chats with some of the best artists that the theatre world has to offer. If you like this episode, why not give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts? Tell your friends at work around the water cooler. Sit down with your pet and listen to it religiously. Or just become a loyal little TT Pod fan. You can get full access to the podcasts, a shout-out on one of our episodes, as well as earlier access to our podcast episodes for as little as $5 a month. Or if you're a little bit stretched on cash, why not just support us for $3 a month? Be sure to follow us on our Instagram at ttpod underscore official, where you can see all of our content online. So get ready to switch on those thoughts as you enjoy a brand new episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Welcome everyone to a very, very, very special episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. I'm very excited to welcome two amazing performers to the studio. First up, we have a classically trained creative based in Melbourne, graduated from both NIDA and the Melbourne Conservatorium of Music, most recently starred in the critically acclaimed Fangirls at the Sydney Opera House, and has extensive experience across musical theatre, cabaret, opera, stage and screen, and with her her partner, well, I mean her creative partner, (laughs) a musical comedian, actor, writer, and content creator from Melbourne who's garnered over 300,000 followers on TikTok and 12 million likes, 
a graduate from the Victorian College of the Arts, a composer, lyricist, and performer, creating works such as Baby Bye Bye Bye, and working on shows such as High Pony, Shitwrecked, No Hat No Play the Cabaret, and together they've been coined by the Herald Sun as the future of Australian comedy. Please welcome Mel O'Brien and Samantha Andrew. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Now, dun, I dun. want that as my alarm <laughs> to wake up every morning because I'm pretty G'd up in this studio now, right we now. we will be employing you for the website. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. That if was I a slay introduction. I will just take that and send it straight to you. Hello, hello. Ooh, I love that. And my partner, Samantha yeah, Andrew. Part- like, so true, though. Yeah. <laughs> you met me. We had, remember that person who was like, we we. Made this TikTok about when the Fitzroy Garage Party. Were you across this? No. Fitzroy yeah. Garage Party was like this this big TikTok trend of these like inner North boys who like did this party. Long story okay. short, we like were just like fucking around at home and like did this improv like song about it. Yeah. And the caption of the TikTok was like, "When when when you're like pissing around and then you're like your wife is just on the same level." And then yeah. the comments were like, "That is so beautiful." When did I you love get that married? you're married. I oh. love that you girls are actually in a relationship. Like I thought you were just best friends, but you and we're like. Let's go with this. Yeah, we have it. not corrected it yeah. at all. Yeah. We're like, yeah, sex sells. Thanks for having us. Thank, no, sorry. thank yes. you so much. Thank you. That was chaotic. Thank you very much for having us. No, I'm very excited. Very excited. It was just actually it was just us talking about Yum High Pony. And then mm. I was like, oh, I'd love to have you up on the podcast. Yeah. When well, you're our first um, podcast as a duo. We've yeah, never really. Interviewed. We've never. I feel very honoured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop that wow. cherry theatre thoughts. Let's do it. I uh, know. I'm ready. I'm oiled up and ready to go. Okay. But you're obviously not unfamiliar with podcasts. You guys are superstars on Spotify. Oh, maybe we can say that after 10 eps. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you're yeah. just underneath Joe Rogan, I saw you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was so – so my dad, classic, he's biggest fan of the pod. He went and listened to all of the podcasts that were above us in the comedy charts. Really? He went, now, Samuel went and had a listen to these other pods. And I've got to say – it's not as bright and as sparkly as you and Mel. Some of them are a bit sad, a bit mean. You girls are not mean. Don't oh. be mean. And I went, thank you, Dad. Birth- I didn't tell you this. Yeah. At your birthday party, I was I was in the kitchen with Deb and Chris. My parents. parents. And um, Chris literally, identical conversation, goes, now Mel, over the like Kim Petras playing in the background, goes, Mel, now I've listened to the other podcasts up above you. I tell you what, you got they're not the same. Oh <laughs> so goodness. cute. Oh, I love you. Oh. I love that we're for the dads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we think we're for the, like, trendy, like, trendy music theatre girls is what I was just about to say. Ew. <laughs> Keep that in. Don't Keep cut it out. <laughs> we think that we're for, like, the music theatre kids who pretend they're not, but really, mm. we're for the dads. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, the dad story you told about your, uh, your dad writing from the perspective oh. of the cat oh, just can I tell killed you? me. That story, like... Yeah. It's the most wacky. Give context. Give context about yeah. what this so was and what can, it was. So, not the plug. You can yeah. find this story on the Mel and Sam pod. <laughs> um, however, uh, it's it's in the episode called "We Need to Hold Boomers Accountable for Their Emails." <laughs> My father wrote, dare I say, like a thesis, like pages. It was so long, wasn't it? Pages yeah. and pages and pages of an email to this like pet supplies company from the POV. Of our household cat Cosmo, so it was like, dear, name. dear pet, blah 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 blah. My name is Cosmo. I'm the Burmese cat from Melbourne, and <laughs> I am severely disappointed with this product. But like, he wrote it in hilarious flowery language, um, and it was just outrageous. My yeah. dad's such a character. It is so funny. It's so great. I loved listening to it. It was so yeah. good. And I have to be honest. At <clears throat> first, I started listening to it, and I'm not going to lie. I did get it like five minutes in. And I went, "Is this for me?" And I was like, "Pause," yeah. and I went. 
Maybe it's not. So I put it aside for a second and then I came back to it and yeah. I was just like, no, i got to finish this because I really like these That episode in particular or just the, the pot in No, general? just the first one. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. And, then I, and then I got back into it and then I was like, binge, binge, binge. I love <laughs> I listened to it on so my walks. To anyone that's been listening to our pod right now that's going, is this for me? Go over that hump. <laughs> Get, Get over, over that hump. hump. Yeah. Because you just go for it. I think that's what like was such a... A shock for me. Like I yeah. haven't listened to like a great deal of podcasts where you guys just say exactly like what's coming off the top yeah. of your heads. Yep. You yeah. Know? Well, that's the thing from from being knocked down from the beautiful golden five star rating on Spotify to four point nine. It oh, is really? telling me we're not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but we actually are not for everyone, yeah. and we respect that. 100%. Like, mm. I think it's also beautiful and like like almost empowering to go like it's okay to not be for everyone because like nothing's for everyone yeah you know yeah. and yeah. to go like the people who find the pod or find us and love it like that's brilliant i think we have this gorgeous thing that happens where we talk about all the time we're like we would rather be have like like the people who are listeners or like fans of our shows or whatever we would rather them love it yeah deeply or aggressively be like, that's not for me, than like mm. anywhere in the middle of that sort okay. of Like neutral. a smaller, passionate audience. Yeah, a smaller, yeah. passionate yeah. audience yeah. who's going to come back every year is so much more meaningful to us than like global, even though, of course, like global, like building of an audience would Why be not? so slay. Yeah. Like, glo- <laughs> like if, if we had a global audience that was like, yeah, I could take or leave them, like, yeah. I don't know, it's a yeah. bit less special. I think what really hooked me was when you guys started talking about your theatre and your um, theatre oh. experiences from uh, like you drama school. Bitch, of course. And I was like, I'm such a theatre bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was sitting yeah. there going, the stories I could fucking tell them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what's your, do you have, what's your best, like, what's your most outrageous? Oh, okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. No, I'm going to say it. Do it. You can you change the school it. name or change oh, the name. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't you like, so was, I was at VC Slay. <laughs> I was at this one in particular. Uh, no, I, uh, I, so when I went into uni, yeah. I got into the Bachelor of Performance brackets acting, right? Yeah. And then at the Love end the of our, it was great. At the end of the year, what they did was they streamlined us all. And they broke us into like acting, performance making, then the theatre makers who were those who were doing a double degree. And so we all had to do this performance at the end of the year and go through the whole exams. And then I got changed from acting to performance making. Like I wasn't good enough to it's do the acting. It's giving devising. Yes. You had to devise, didn't you? And I had to devise exactly and do all this. Exactly what this is. What's, go stand in the middle of a street somewhere You're and like, just stand for an hour. I just want to do the doll's house. You? Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'd love to just do a bit of check off, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, but then I was talking to my friend the other night and I was like, why didn't I just go, actually, hang on, bitch. I'm paying for this cause. Yeah. 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 I'm oh, staying here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's funny when you look back, but like all the stuff that I did in performance making was so funny. Oh, right. did you do, did you do animal work? Of oh, course I did animal oh, work. I was the gorilla because yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. very opposite to me. I was very like skinny, just still a white ginger at the yeah. time. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, being a gorilla. Oh, while everyone was being that. a giraffe yeah. or a peacock or something. Did you got to, you got to yeah. do it. Yeah. It's not drama school without animal work. That is true, but everything happens for a reason, and here I am. It's oh, it's such a thing, mm. such a thing. Our our mm. favorite thing is to is to be like, well, I mean, in that episode, you would have heard like to be like, drama school. Like, there's there's things that like the whole world can relate to, mm. even though people are like, yeah, people are like, I'm not a theater kid, I'm not a blah blah. It's like, 
whole world's a bit theatrical yeah. today, isn't it? Yeah, though? Come on. I was chatting to someone actually the other night and they are currently at drama school and they were telling me that they loved the drama school episode and then we're saying that they're a mature age student. They're like 25, 26, but most of the people in their course are like 19. Mm. Oh, okay. And apparently there's this like real divide and they feel like, you know, when you're like you're working with young students, they're like I'm straight out of uni and I'm uh, at NIDA or I'm at WAPA mm. or I'm at VCA and it's like shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> apparently they sat their year level down and we're like guys this is a real generational problem mm. you need wow. to harden up because wow. a lot of them are just like so like you know the classic gen z trope of being like you've actually like you've just like ruined one of my boundaries as a performer uh. and you can't talk to me like that and you can't mm. do this and i'm like great that gen z speak up for themselves but yeah. apparently like their year level just don't they can't handle criticism right like wow. that actually really impacts me and my energy and my mood it's like mm. you have to have thick skin yeah. and like especially handle for this it. career that's yeah. why i think i backed out because i wasn't like a thick-skinned actor yeah. i wasn't like ready to you yeah. know, wait on tables and wait yeah. and have all this stuff. Yep. I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such an interesting like line to toe as well of like, because there's so much value as well. And now like these young people come through. I the agree. I fully now, agree. Who now like do speak up and yeah. do, you know, like, you know, go to the people in charge and go, actually, this is entirely inappropriate that mm. this teacher asks this or says this. Yeah. or cause, Totally. Because like we've talked about before, like things that happen in drama school, like there's a, there's this odd like, expected vulnerability and expected like here's my entire soul which like there's so much rhetoric around like because that's what's going to make you a good actor yeah. is like coming Absolutely. in talking about like your dead brother it's like harming yeah. and it's yeah. like well it also can be if it's not dealt like appropriately with it's just like mm. intimacy coordinators and like I was the rise literally of all just of about to things. say that role's popped up probably so in like brilliant. last what five six years so I've yeah. seen it like listed on every show oh and my I, gosh I had to ask someone I was like is this like new yeah. or has this always been a role yeah. just no one's mentioned I look back on like things done in amateur theatre world of like when there were intimacy scenes and things like that and you just go oh my god you try not to think about it because it's like, it was yeah. just so incorrect. Like yeah. to just go, yeah, just like go in that room and make out and come back and like, tell us what you discover. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, probably not my king. <laughs> <laughs> not my king. I love it. You know, let it be known on this mic. I am absolutely so pro Gen Z setting their own boundaries. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, Definitely. No, it's, it's just but interesting it's so to hear that flip a, of them. Some of them, it seems in this course are not able to handle criticism at all, mm. right, you know, yeah, and yeah. are crumbling under any form of like mm. feedback. Mm. Um, oh, because yeah. handling criticism is one thing, and then like going into the, like, to like stand up for your safety oh, is another. Definitely, like, yeah. it's two just, different things. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. other sides of coin. Yeah, very yeah. different. Well, let's focus on yourselves uh, individually for a second. Individually, so, I'd love to know. We're sorry to cut you off. I'm like, we're so <laughs> codependent. I'm like, I don't want to talk about myself alone. <laughs> I'm talk like, so we as a duo. Goes to talk about her opera degree. I'm like, I've actually heard this before. Can yeah. we have the next question? <laughs> I'd love to know, like, what was the inspiration for both of you where you started? Like, were you always just straight out of the womb, just like, yep, I'm bound for the stage? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have always been a singer. I've been singing since three, four years of age. Dad's got all these home videos of me singing the house down. And then I was always a theatre kid, you know, I was a big choir girl. I was in um, the Australian Girls Choir, which we all know well and truly <laughs> very well. Um, God and bless the AGC. God bless the AGC. <laughs> You're like such a former choir girl. That, not Sorry, not former, honorary choir girl that was never in the AGC. <laughs> Huge choir girl, loved singing, loved music. 
always liked making people laugh. Um, and then it got, got to uni time and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I always wanted to do music theatre, but I could never dance. And I liked acting and singing, but I was like, I'm not going to do music theatre. I'm going to go do music. And mm. I've always loved jazz music. And I was like, I'll go do the jazz degree. So I went and did the jazz degree at VCA and was always really trying to be funny and silly in the course. And my degree was very like jazz. Right. No, we're scanning, Samantha. No, <laughs> we're looking at. We're looking at atonal rhythm, atonal rhythms. Now that's really good that I said. Um, do I deserve yeah, a BFA? <laughs> it's me like having to do like chromatic scales and like Phrygian modes and being like, but I want to oh write God. a song about Ariel, the Little Mermaid for <laughs> Ursula. You know, like it's just silly. Anyway, um, and then yeah, and then I was like always trying to write comedy songs, and they were like, not here, not here, stop it, go oh, away, right. and then. I left uni and then started writing comedy and mm. I was just like, this is where I shine. But let it be known, like I love comedy, but I also like am, I was about to say earnestly, a music traditionalist. I'm not. <laughs> that. I'm a mu- No, it sounds really wanky to say I'm a musician, but I love oh, but music mm. and writing beautiful music. And yeah. I love listening to, you know, like jazz music and orchestral music and choral yeah. music. And I love harmony and I love all of those things. So like working with Mel, we can talk about it more later, but it's like a big part of what we do is yes, it's all comedy and it's silly and it's clowny and it's that. But at the end of the day, like we want the music to be We want to be making gorgeous music. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of my origin story. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Yeah, I, I similarly always, always like from a little like toddler, like loved loved the spotlight, loved performing, loved making people laugh similarly. Yeah. Um, and loved singing. Grew up like I did um, the Young Australian Broadway Chorus, which is okay. sort of like the a, rival of the AGC. Yeah, it's oh. a real rivalry. You're either an AGC girl or, or a YBC oh, girl. Okay. Um, and uh, I did YBC for a little bit, or did all musicals in high school, like everyone does. And then, yes, yeah, similarly, I I really wanted to be a musical theatre performer. That's all I like. Musical theatre is like my biggest love. Like it's mm. always what I come back to. Mm. Um, always, always what I come back to. And so I really wanted to get into one of the big, like one of the big schools to do like a three-year music theatre program. No one wanted a slice of me. Oh, no. Couldn't get in, couldn't get in anywhere. And then um, so I was like, oh, shit. And so I, I had auditioned to the Melbourne Con as sort of like a backup. But also I was like, there's a really prestigious like classical music mm. school. Um, 
so I was like, good God. I was like, because in my head, I really was a music theatre singer. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, even though like I had, I trained classically in school, but really in my head, what I was doing was music theatre. Right. And then when I didn't get into one of the music theatre schools, I was like, holy shit, well, I'm not going to get into my backup. And then I got into the con. Um, so I sort of <laughs> fell accidentally into gaining this like really spectacular, like classical operatic training mm. um, that I did for three years. Okay. But really, sim- the parallels are bonkers, like yeah. really similar to Sam. So I was doing this like stringent, re- super strict, pretty like by the book, pretty conservative opera degree. Okay. Yeah. Whilst Both doing... conservative degrees for yeah, sure. Right. Whilst doing, on like, whilst filling my nights and my weekends with like going and doing like the musicals at Melbourne Uni and like yeah. going to do that. And my singing teachers being like, please don't do that. Like, please don't do that. And I've something that I'm really like, it's so earnest of me. No, I'm <laughs> like, in. So like, I'm really passionate about like cross training vocally. Yep. And, um, but you don't know, they say, sorry to cut you off, but don't they say that classical voice is the best, like way to then go into music theater. Because the training well, I think that you get. In what happens is vocally. in music theater, it's really mm. respected yeah. to have classical technique, but it doesn't go the same way. Oh, yeah. really? So, so okay. in classical world, if you're like a belting, a belting, oh, and it's an absolute blanket rule. Like there, of course, are teachers yeah. who really do respect it and more and more people who are... Um, who are studying it more. And I'm mm. actually doing my master's at the moment. Oh, well um, done. With like a master's in music and like yeah. a lot of my like um, uh, like research papers have been on like the powers of cross training. Okay. And like, um, yeah, long story short, like was doing was doing opera during the days at Melbourne Uni, but then was like filling my life with comedy and silliness mm. everywhere else. And all I ever wanted to do was, and so much new work actually, yeah. was really what mm. I discovered a love for in uni. Um, because I also felt like there wasn't really a place for me in like, in like traditional musical theater, like Mm. what I had to offer, um, or I just wasn't, I just wasn't getting those roles and getting seen for them. So I was like, let's fucking make something that's gonna, it's both of us in our courses being asked to write like a 32 bar atonal melody. And we're like, yes, but can it be about a cactus that wants to be a balloon? (laughs) Yeah. like And they're like, no. And we're like, can it have lyrics? Like, no, it's a melody (laughs) on a piano for piano forte. One of my (laughs) compositional tasks that I did at uni was, um, I think I told this, but it didn't make it onto it, so I can sell it again, Um, was I like used this, um, it was like for postmodernist composition, like you had to use like clips of media and things. And okay. I found this speech of Tina Fey doing oh. this speech about how um, female comedians are treated like cappuccino machines in an office. And so oh, people right. buy one once and then go, and if it breaks or it doesn't do exactly what you want to do, they go, oh yeah, well, we tried that and it didn't work. I've seen that speech. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah, great it's speech. Great. And so I got this speech and I like clipped up the speech and like into, <laughs> ridiculous, the most like art school thing ever. Um, got into garage man and I was like I'm gonna make the most fucking powerful feminist piece and it's called and I still have it on my computer it's called yeah. Cap- Cappuccino Machine Love it. and it's like Tina Fey being like because female comedians are like Cappuccino Machines and then I recorded on my iPhone yeah. like the sounds of my own coffee machine the sounds of me in the shower like singing and I made it into this soundscape so of like good. things anyway and I was just yeah long and story that will short. bookend the podcast we <laughs> yeah. will be signing off this episode I will send that to you with, with the that. Cappuccino Dad. song oh my god I'd love to listen to that yeah. <laughs> The Theatre Thoughts Podcast is proud to be hosting Meraki Arts Bar Main Stage's first post-show Q&A. Join us for a special event after the performance of Expiration Date on Tuesday the 2nd of May. See the awesome production and stick around afterwards for an exclusive Q&A recording with the cast and creative team. For full information and to book tickets to the Tuesday the 2nd of May production, check the show notes. 
<laughs> so where did you two meet then? I think you might have said it on your podcast, but I can't quite yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where it's a classic yeah. question. It's a fair question. We actually haven't known each other for that long. We were always, we had a lot of mutuals and a lot of mutuals through UMTA, yeah. um, University Music Theatre Association. University of Melbourne Music Theatre Association. So sorry. You're so a- fucking embarrassing. <laughs> you fucked up. No, that Mel's, that's Mel's bread and butter. Um, and basically I wrote a sits probe mini musical, um, an acapella mini musical because I'm a wanker um, and <laughs> dead. And I cast Mel in it and then Mel was in that and I always just like loved her energy. I thought she was like brilliant. And then I saw Mel in like an umta music theatre night and you sang like Feed the Birds about vegan handbags. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this girl is Fartney. And I always are just like, because I was writing shows, I was always kind of on the lookout for mm. people that I, I was a scout at the time. Ooh. And then I wrote a musical that was in development with my two former um, collaborators, Eddie and Belle called Girls Are Hot, which was being developed through Midsummer, and Eve Blake was our mentor on right. that project. Oh, so that's how you met Eve. I was wondering like Correct. where you came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Eve Blake came on board and helped us out with that. And then we were casting for it and I was like, look, there's this person that I think would be brilliant in our cast. I also think they're very passionate, which you are, about development of new Australian work. They're queer. I think they'd be brilliant. And we cast Mel as the villain in okay. that musical. Yeah. Homophobe villain. <laughs> Homophobe oh, villain. Okay. The character was like a manager at Cook Eye, like a right. like super like um, – yeah, like clothing store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was a clothing store. I played a homophobic clothing store. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, I was just like, oh, there's something. We got on like a house on fire. Yeah. And uh, we met up one day before the first lockdown. It's and crazy to me. This was like genuinely our first ever like one-on-one friend, friend hang. hang. Right. Like okay, we'd been yeah. like, we'd obviously done two projects together now. So we're like absolutely friends. Mm. Yeah. But we were like, let's like two gals go get a coffee and a vegan sandwich from Smith and Deli. Like, yeah. And we sat in a park and Mel was like, I'm thinking of writing a one woman show. And I was like, oh, that's great. Um, and then you were like, do you want to help me with the music? And I was like, absolutely. Let's do that. Anyway. And I was like, do you want to write the music together? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we kind of stopped for a second and we were like, wait, let's do something together. Okay. And then we were like, what would we do if we did a cabaret together? And we were like, oh, let's do something nostalgic. And mm. we first we first landed on, let's do a cabaret about the forgotten lunchbox snacks of the early 2000s. <laughs> and then we went, I don't know if there's enough of yeah. about <laughs> LCMs for a whole cabaret. I think, like, what would I put in? Yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. stuck on nostalgia <laughs> and then we came up with the title, No Hat, No Play, the cabaret. Yeah. That day. And that day sat in my car and went, let's sit with that for a bit. And we wrote No Hat, No Play. And we, I think we sent an email to the Butterfly Club, like, the next day. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. And we, we were like, okay, we're going to do it. Like, let's go. And then that was literally two seconds before Melbourne went into no way. first, first lockdown. lockdown. Oh, wow. So then we okay. wrote No Hat, No Play literally almost entirely on, on Zoom. Zoom. Right. And yeah, it was sort amazing. of like and it was sort of like a project and we didn't know because obviously like you guys know like in Melbourne it was like it was hectic and it was like lockdown yeah. was a different beast. Yeah, like for sure. We yeah. really were like, we don't know. Like this is just feels like it's going to be forever. Mm. And for us we were like, we don't know if this is ever going to go up. We had about two or three cancelled seasons. Right. We had three we, in a row. Before right. in a row cancelled and it was so actually heartbreaking and we were like, we just have this thing that we want to share with everyone. Mm. We're so proud of it. Yeah. Couldn't put it on but we were like, what a gorgeous like project to have had in lockdown. Like yeah. even if it never goes up, yeah. it was like, and it was like, we had personal things. I know I, we had personal things going on in our yeah. life. Like that time of writing that show is so like sacred to me. Yeah. yeah. We were just like, and we were building this best friendship as well at the same time. Yeah. Nice. Which was so special. Yeah. So special. 
And then yeah. look at you go. And, and then you finally are. got it up and now. And then No Hat No Play was born. Three yeah. shows under our belt. Yeah, because yeah. you were saying um, when I saw you in Melbourne that you, you're like one behind or like. Yeah, because yeah. of COVID yeah. as well. Yeah. So we, I don't, I forget exactly how it happens. I think because we'd, oh, it was because we had Melbourne Comedy Festival, which is in like March, April-ish, mm. um, the year that we first debuted No Hat No Play. Right. 2021. And then we went back into lockdown. Oh, so Melbourne right, Fringe didn't happen and the other things didn't happen. So right. then our touring of that show got put off by a year. Okay. But we continued to debut our new shows yeah. at each Melbourne Comedy Festival. Right. So last year we debuted Shitwrecked yep. at Melbourne Comedy Festival, but we were touring No Hat No Play around the country. Okay. Yeah. And so Amazing. next year, so this year we debuted High Pony. Yeah. Um, Which people are raving about. Oh, it's really, we're so proud. We're yeah. really, we're, we're so e- proud of that. We're yeah, extra proud of high pony yeah Yeah. well it's it's interesting isn't it it's like the more you the more we work together the more we get better as writers it's just the best show of our um of our catalog catalog Catalog. Catalog. but people go cuckoo bananas.com.au for no hat no play really we really have favorites and we're like i think it's that whole like primary school nostalgia and it's also and not in a way that i'm like it's a read for anyone whose favorite is however i think it's absolutely our most accessible show yeah Yeah. it's probably like it's our least cuckoo bananas like i think i think it's it's our most accessible and also the only prerequisite for enjoying that show really is did you go to primary Primary school school in australia it's kind of for anyone who did that whereas like i think high pony Mm. we've really by that time we've really honed in on what our comedic voice is and who our audience is so like it's a lot gayer it's a lot Cuckoo. Yeah. Well, also a lot more in the best way, a lot more loose on stage. Like, yeah. I would love to watch archival footage of our first season <laughs> oh, yeah? of No Hannah Play because we were by the book. Oh. And then we come out and <laughs> Mel script. definitely delivers this line, then I deliver this line, then I move stage left. Now we are just chilling so out. Loose. Right. And it's so, it's so great. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. really excited to see Shitwrecked, honestly. I'm Can't really excited to, to see ya. you go and do your thing. Shitwrecked is silly. It's yeah. so fun. It's such an in-between show. Like you, yeah. for people who have seen like all the shows, it really, like I said to my mate last night, who saw No Hat No Play and then High Pony but hadn't seen the middle show. And I was like, you'll see Shitwrecked and you'll really get, you'll see how much of it is in between. Like, okay. Yes. Well, there is one question I wanted to ask you before we do our theatre thoughts Please. questions. Um, I'd love to know, because you guys are so on like your shows and your podcasts and your social media is all very vocal about the theatre industry mm. and what you expect from it and what mm. we should expect from mm. it. So I'd love to know what you, how you think the theatre industry has changed over the years mm. and how those changes have impacted what you do Mm, Mm -hmm. good question i mean i guess i can start by saying i think it's like music musical theater industry as a whole and as an art form is like absolutely like based in like a history of racism yeah (laughs) racism mostly first Mm. of all um racism yeah homophobia misogyny fat phobia all of the things all of the things that are not good that you don't want to see yeah and so i think Musical theatre, unfortunately, has got so much further to go um, in terms of, like, just fucking figuring its shit out. Yeah. Like, you see, you're seeing gorgeous diversity on, like, screens, mm-hmm. um, screens in particular, like, figuring it out. And I think musical theatre has so much further to go. Um, mm. They're, I mean, I was going to say they're trying. I think a lot of companies aren't trying hard enough. Um, to put it like actually like yeah. completely truthfully. But I think how that's – it's really hard, right, because you have all of these people who go, I love musical theatre, musical yeah. theatre is what I want to do. It's like – like I said before, yeah. it's my number one passion. It's there a hard are absolutely, thing, isn't it? Yeah. When briefs come out that you go, 
oh, that's not something that like is going to make my soul sing, mm. but it's the only option in yeah. Australia. You know, yeah. if you have three or four big touring shows at a time and you go, well, all I want to do is music theatre, but I don't want to be in a show that's going to celebrate cultural appropriation yeah. or I don't want to be in a show that's like will make a, the capital theatre or the whatever theatre like laugh at misogyny yeah. or at like jokes yeah. around consent. It's really hard because... You have to make a choice, and yeah. I think it's a choice that people can make. Um, of well, am I signing up to go and audition for that show, or mm. am I not? And I think to loop it back to what we've done, I think I never felt also as like a fat person, as like a com, like a comedic person, yeah. as a person. I was like, there is just not much in musical theatre at the moment in like casting people's eyes right. for me. Okay. And that's when I go, so let's go make our own shit. Because yeah. you can bet your bottom shit. dollar when you come to one of our shows, it's not going to be any of the things that I just listed. No. Like, But yeah. you are also, just to speak Mel's praise for a second, you are the most put your money where your mouth is person because you. I have seen you get handed on a silver platter some really cool roles that you've gone, actually this role is not for me or actually this show needs a person of colour in its cast yeah. and I won't be another white person joining wow. this lineup. And yeah. you have said no to big things. I think there are also performers that pretend they're doing that but they're yeah. actually not and they're still taking mm. those roles. I guess my answer to that question is I think there are more queer stories now on stage which is really mm. exciting. Yeah. I think the thing that we're really trying to tap into is this new wave of musical theatre that is encompassing the youth, yeah. like Six and fangirls mm, that get yes. a hectic fan base of mm. kids and teenagers that want to see themselves on, on yep. the stage, that want to listen to the cast album every day, that want to buy the 100%. merch, that yeah. are pushing, no offence, the boomers with MTC membership <laughs> since 1986 <laughs> Out of the yeah. theatre because that's who we want. We want people that when we come out on stage, not in an like attention-seeking way, mm. but that scream and clap and holler because they're so excited by yeah. the theatre. And I think the theatres, sometimes it feels so dated and so mm. stale. And why yeah. are we bringing back the same shows again and again yeah. and again? And casting them in the same ways you've always yeah. cast them. We don't like need thoroughly modern sword, Millie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we don't <laughs> no, need we that don't. anymore. I think what's interesting as well is you have people who go, oh, well, at the moment, oh, yeah, diversity is the good thing to do. First of all, shut up. Yeah. Actually what it's going to do is it will make your stories more interesting yeah. and yeah. a better version of your stories. Yeah. Like having yeah. a cast of white, thin, cis, straight people is boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's it's like it's like what other what other sides can we see to this story? Mm. It's like you're not you're not championing for diversity because it's the right thing to do. You're doing it because it's going to be better for your art. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. and well, and that's even the thing as well. It's like there are shows as well that are that are starting to get there. Mm. I think as well there's it, it's hard because when the bar is set so low, yeah. Mm. When the bar is set so low for so many of these things that people are hungry for in the theatre, people will take something that might actually be not a sleigh show. Yeah. <laughs> like Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, we're, we're like, and again, there's so much nuance. Like Jagged yeah. has so many brilliant aspects to it, but there are a lot of aspects that don't make it a great show. Yeah. yeah. But also gotcha. are still celebrating at the end of the day, like a white woman who's like, you know, at the end of yeah, the day. a that's, white woman's addiction. Yeah, yeah. and it's gotcha. that story. And I just think it's. Yeah, people are so people are so hungry for yeah. better shows, and I think that's Definitely. a gorgeous place to be because where we end up is we have more people writing new musicals, more yeah. people, and yeah, that's definitely. what's really like mm. we're starting well, to I'm see that. I'm talking to um, Vijay Makan tomorrow about oh. you know the Lucky Country, oh, you know, gorgeous. so this new stuff like she's coming so in. Brilliant. Oh, she's incredible, she's isn't so she? Brilliant. And the, yeah. I mean, the other thing that I'll say is doing being in the cast of Fangirls for me mm. was one of the most like 
magical experiences ever. You know, as someone who like lives in a bigger body, I wasn't the only person who was living in a bigger body in that cast. It wasn't a, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, there's room for two fat people in a cast. That's crazy. And like, oh, well, which one's the comedic relief? It's like, actually, Mm. you know, me and gorgeous Milo (coughs) Hartill, who I'm sure you're familiar with her work. She's the best ever and such a fucking advocate for everything in this industry. She's brilliant. If you don't follow her, you absolutely should. Um, You know, we are two girls who are like, Bigger bodied, both got comedy chops out the wazoo. Yeah. We're such fucking close friends. And it's just like we in no space would Milo and I at the moment be cast in the same commercial musical right. together. Yeah. Okay. And that's bonkers. Yeah. Like so doing yeah. fangirls, first of all, it's such a shout out to the team behind that uh, show. It's such an incredible show. Who, so good. Who, you know, can see that. And also to them we did this school show. We did a school show uh, for did you? fangirls. That I will truly it makes me emotional talk, yeah. talking about it because I'm like, I will never forget. The power, like seeing these young kids, you know, young trans kids, young, mm, just all of these kids just being Mm. like, who put up their hands and said, can I just say thank you so much? I've never seen someone who looks like me on a stage in like, in like Mm. whichever way it was, you know, if it was a person of color, if it was a trans person, like, I just think it's not that hard. Yeah. And we got to do better. Yeah. But I have hope. I love it. That's a... Is that okay? Love so good. Oh, I'm feeling so jazzed. I'm like, yeah. we might need yeah. to go write a musical next door. <laughs> Do it now. Right, get out the butcher's paper and start scribing some melodies. Literally. Yeah. They won't be atonal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right. And I know like with my podcast anyway, I'm very aware that I am like just a cis, just, like straight man. Oh, we're two you know? white gals. Yeah. Cis gals yeah. too. Like, so I'm yeah. always very conscious about the guests I bring on because I don't just want like I'm not the attraction of the podcast. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. the people I bring on, the people I talk to is like yeah. what I want the focus yeah. to be. And I feel like that's the same thing with when it comes to shows, it's a double edged sword. You need to make money, obviously, because COVID. Yeah. But you can you don't have to bring back mm, thoroughly modern music. You know, there's other shows you can bring out. Fangirls sells out. It's at the op- oh, it was at the opera house, you know. Mm, absolutely. Sake. Do the old shows. Yeah. Cast it Chuck in an in. interesting way. Yeah, Cast exactly. it in a fresh and way. I think that's what you Direct it in a fresh way. Yes. Yeah. You know, you don't do. have to do you know, the one that Andrew Lloyd Webber did back 100%. in 1950. And the way that we've seen it a billion and one times. Exactly. A billion and one times. Yeah. It's also been so beautiful just as like a how good's theatre and how good's the theatre community. We've experienced firsthand like just coming off the back of our Melbourne Comedy Festival season. Like we just, and I don't want to put us on a pedestal, but it's been very interesting. We have a different audience to most of the comedians doing comedy festivals right. because they are music theatre lovers and they show up and they're passionate and they buy their tickets in advance and they line up early and when we come out like we feel so loved and you know we've had feedback from our venue that were like your audience something about the Mel and Sam audience they're so respectful Mm. they're so passionate I feel like a proud parent when our our venue manager says that I'm like yeah were they good did they use their manners very good Good. But it's so. You say thank you. You say thanks for having us. It's been so beautiful witnessing that. And, you know, like as musical comedians and, and doing what we do as well, like I don't want to say, like, oh, we're so underestimated. But in the comedy industry and in the stand up world, mm. we have a lot of comedians and traditional stand ups that don't take what we do seriously yeah, and don't right. think they think, oh, the little girl's on at their venue uh, that's, you know, they're kind of doing whatever. We don't really care. And I'm like, no, but you should see the audience yeah. that are showing up that for would, us. Yeah. Like, 
There's such merit. Well, when I went down there, I took uh, my friend to see Gillian Cosgrove's show. Oh, Gillian Cosgrove. Can I just say, oh my God. Phenomenal. How brilliant was that show? It was insanely good. I'm sure you know this. I'm probably telling you what you know already. You know that she swept. Have you heard about the awards she won? Yeah. yeah. Oh. She won Golden Gibbo, best Everything. show. Best As show. she like, absolutely should. A win for musical comedy boys. I loved it. <laughs> the point I was making was he, he went there and he goes, I don't I, I don't really see many musical comedies. And I went, mate, it's the only one I see. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll chuck in a stand-up every now yeah. and then. But yep. I only go down there yeah. to do Michelle It is Brazier. such a mind for it. Absolutely. You guys. You my, life's, my life's mission is to tell people because I didn't know that, would know this, upon writing my first cabaret, someone said, do you want to write a cabaret? I went, yeah, but I didn't know what it was. Cabaret is not the musical cabaret. Yeah. And I think a lot of people go, yeah. cabaret? Like, like what good is sitting <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's actually just storytelling through song exactly. and it can be dumb and yeah. silly and yeah. fun. And it doesn't, it's great, but it doesn't need to be at a piano with a top hat yeah. and a red velvet curtain. <laughs> but I think some people think that. Yeah, the red velvet to- curtain at the top in town is screeching. <laughs> <laughs> we love oh, you, tough God. in town. Yeah. So... That was amazing. Loved all of that. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Do I do a chef's kiss? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'd love to ask you our one minute theatre thoughts as a wrap-up. So Great. Okay. We've got to be different in our answers. Wait, is it a minute? Is it how many we can fit into a minute? Yes. <gasps> Slay. Okay. okay. And just right. rapid fire whatever oh, comes out. Whatever can you pass? comes out. Can you pass if you don't know one? <laughs> I mean, if you want to. Okay, totally just fine. for the purpose of a minute because I don't want to be stuck on who's the best opera singer in, yeah. <laughs> in Perth. In Perth. <laughs> okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. What's been your favourite production you've seen recently? Choir Boy. Oh, that was great. How excellent was it? Lovely. And One Woman Show. Mm, yeah. That was good. Uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? Living on a Prayer. Um, Fly Me to it. the Moon. Oh, <laughs> you jazz bitch. <laughs> what role haven't you played yet that you'd still want to? Mm. Dot in Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, lovely. It's mm-hmm. a great one. I, I don't do music theatre. So pass. You like Frank Sinatra in Fly Me to the Moon. <laughs> Correct. Um, who inspired you as a young performer? Magda Zvansky. Love her. As a, um, Rachel Bloom. Excellent. Nice um, who inspires you now? Samantha Andrew. Babe, I was going to literally say you. I knew it. I knew you'd say it. <laughs> um, which production would you most want to see come to Australia? Ooh. Ooh. Dear Evan Hansen. Mm. I really, I, I feel really like wanna, it's overdue. Yeah, I really sure. want to see Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Here. Um, Hades Town. Ah, oh, that's my yeah. answer yeah. as well. That yeah. and Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and the final one uh, finish this sentence Melon Sam podcast. The Melon Sam podcast. It's giving. Gay. <laughs> Theatre bitches that love to be on a mic and talk shit, but at the end of the day, just want to keep singing over that piano chord. <laughs> <laughs> So much. Oh god! Well, thank you so much oh, for coming on the you. podcast. Thanks that was us. like that was incredible. You guys speak so passionately about everything, and yeah. I like I just can't wait to see where you go as well. Like, thank you. what will they do next? Stay maybe tuned. next, maybe next time we come in for the same interview, we'll have a hectic manager that's like, "Sorry, yeah. where are the girls' coffees?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "The water, the best I can do." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have our banner behind us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just sell. We'll both have banners yeah. next yeah. time. Like, oh, there's yours. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Thank you to Mel. 
Mel O'Brien and Samantha Andrew for joining me as our guest on the podcast. You can follow Mel on Instagram by searching at Mel O'Brien with two N's. You can follow Samantha Andrew on Instagram by following at Samantha Andrew. To listen to the Mel and Sam podcast, simply look them up on Spotify. This episode was produced by Echidna Audio. Follow them on Instagram at Echidna Audio for all their audio services. Once again, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube, and Patreon. My name's Justin Clark, and I'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>